everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Silver Amazing. Tim Ryder, Mesmerized. With me today is Rob Pearsall, our uh, senior editor over at Mesmerized, excellent writer, and uh, someone I'm very much looking forward to having a Mets conversation with today. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's going great, man. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure always to talk to you, and uh, I'm really glad to be on the cast. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to. We have a few a few items on the docket today, and I think we're going to bang through them. We'll have some fun. Uh, first on the list, big week for the Metsies. A uh, couple of big wins in the postseason awards. Uh, Pete Alonso, as as expected, won the uh, National League Rookie of the Year award. Um, it was a landslide victory. It wasn't unanimous. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing goes for, for Jacob deGrom. Uh, his second straight uh, NL Cy Young award puts him some, in some very lofty company. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the list that was bouncing around this week. Uh, the, I guess he's the, he's the 11th pitcher league wide to win the yeah. in consecutive seasons. Mm-hmm. You got Sandy Koufax, Denny McLean, Jim Palmer, Greg Maddox, Pedro, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Tim Lincecum, Clayton Kershaw, and Max Scherzer, who tied for second in this year's running. Um, yeah, I, unquestionably, you have. Uh, an incredible amount of talent here just between those two guys. Um, DeGrom, the trajectory that he's on is just, you know, we're not going to say those three little words just yet, but he's really, he's getting to the point where, you know, Cooperstown, we'll whisper it, is, uh, is really within reach. And, um, you can only hope that he continues on that, on that track, but right, mm-hmm. right here and now, heading into the offseason, the Mets kind of have to take advantage of this, high watermark in talent level here, correct? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I um I think it's you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they had in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, they had a little bit of that uh that World Series hangover for um for lack of a better phrase, I think, you know. Um I think that they were still kind of trying to live off that momentum from the twenty fifteen World Series and the twenty sixteen wild card game. Um, but you know, now it's, uh, you know, it's like you have some of those same guys like DeGrom, who was on the 2015 team, Syndergaard, who was on that 2015 team, but then you have guys like Pete Alonzo, you know, who we just talked about winning the, the NL rookie of the year, almost unanimously and Jeff McNeil, you know, and, uh, Marcus Stroman and, uh, a few other guys too. So you have, you know, those guys that have been in the World Series with the Mets and some new guys too that, you know, are really forming this core of the, of the team, you know, and, you know, for, for everything that happened this past year, the ups and downs, you know, the Mets, you know, they won 86 games. They finished three games out of a playoff spot, you know, and you look at a team like the Nationals, you know, who they played in the, uh, you know, 19 games during the season and they, they beat them 12 out of 12 out of 19 times, you know, I think that if the Mets made the postseason this year, you know, who knows what could have happened, you know. So for the for the Mets, you know, that alone, you know, should should make them want to build off of the success they had this year. Also, you know, when you have a team like the Nationals, you know, one of your biggest rivals win the World Series, you know, that should also be, you know, um, you know, more fuel to the fire for you to, to go out there and have a a good off season, but yeah, there's a lot on the, you know, there's a lot on the line for, uh, for the Mets this winter. You know, they have a, they have a tall task of, um, of replacing some, uh, some, some key pieces and adding on to the, to the roster they already have. Oh, for sure. And like you said, Washington winning the world series with a, 
arguably inferior team to the Mets, or at least um, maybe a more complete team, but the Mets are just a few pieces away, and that, that should really light a fire beneath them. But um, mm-hmm. as far as making the right additions this offseason, I know we've spoke about it before. Um, right now, the hot stove is just cold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Somebody cut, somebody cut off the gas. Um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's brutal. <laughs> it really is, but I guess that's par for the course. Um, yeah, we've seen a very slow market develop over the last few years, and that might that might turn out to be just a new way. Um, yeah, qualifying offer guys, uh, I guess as expected, there weren't many um, acceptances. Uh, Jake Odorizzi went back to Minnesota. Jose mm-hmm. Abreu went back to Chicago. Um, as expected, you know, I guess we had high hopes, but Zach Wheeler did in fact opt out. Um, I reject the offer. Uh, making him a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, his options are going to be everywhere. I, I know. I hope that the Mets do show interest. I think he's one of the more, um, I guess, value-wise, he's probably one of the better options out there as far as mm-hmm. market pitchers. Uh, he's familiar with New York. He likes pitching. He likes being here from all, by all accounts. Um, one guy who declined and got off the board real quick is Will Smith from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mets have holes in their bullpen. One, that has to be viewed as a huge pickup for Atlanta. And two, absolutely. are you kind of bummed out that the Mets weren't in on him? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, a guy like Will Smith, you know, has really constructed himself into one of the, you know, one of the premier relievers in the league, you know, very quietly. Um, you know, I think that he's not exactly a household name, but, you know, you look at the guy's numbers and, you know, he's, he's a very solid reliever, especially in an era where, you know, the balls are juiced, you know, as, as some people would say, you know, it's really impressive when you have those guys that, you know, go out there and they just dominate, you know, and I think that, you know, Atlanta, you know, yeah, you know, it's funny as a Mets fan, you know, you left, oh, they lost, you know, they, they got lit up in, you know, in the, in the playoffs this year you know, when they face elimination, you know. But, you know, Atlanta's not a bunch of slouches, you know. They have a really, really solid core of players. You know, Ronald Acuna over the next couple of years may very well win a couple MVP awards, and he might establish himself as one of the best players in the game if he hasn't already, you know. And they have a lot of other really great guys, too, with Freddie Freeman and Ozzy Albies. And, you know, they have Chris Christian Pache coming up and, you know, Austin Riley, you know, so – Adding Will Smith to a bullpen, too, that already has a lot of really good names in it, you know, should definitely be concerning to the Mets because Atlanta, you know, they've won the division the last couple of years, you know, and uh, they're going to be right back in there this year. They're not going to be, you know, easy competition. So I think that, uh, you know, them them landing uh, a guy like uh, Will Smith, and also they added Darren O'Day as well, you know. They're, yeah. they're fortifying their bullpen, you know, and uh, I think the Mets, you know, We've heard, you know, they're kind of in the range of like twenty million to spend this off season. You know, I think the Mets are probably going to have to spend a little bit more than that. You know, they're going to really have to fortify that bullpen, and um, you know, you're also going to be relying on guys like Edwin Diaz and Jairus Familia. You know, and you're really going to need them to bounce back this year if you're going to have any success out there. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with putting those guys back into the fire. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have to show something because. Uh, another performance like 2019 is going to get these guys, uh, you know, it's going to end some careers pretty fast. But, yeah, especially someone like Familia, who's, you know, not 
not exactly a spring chicken, you know, he's, he's a <laughs> guy in his thirties, you know? <laughs> exactly. He's making a lot of money and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Mets might have to cut their losses if he doesn't show some sort of improvement. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, you know, you, you almost have to tip your cap to the Braves for going out and they, they knew they had a need and they went and filled that need. No nonsense. They just went out mm-hmm. and did what they had to do. Um, it almost makes you envious of a... Yeah. You know, I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta's a, they're a really well-run organization. You know, they always have been. They've always been a team with a solid farm system. You know, apart from a few years, this a couple years, this uh, this decade where they were, like, kind of going through a little bit of a rebuild and they traded guys away like Angleton Simmons and... Um, uh, what's his face? Jason Hayward. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that, you know, they're, they have this... Uh, this mentality of winning, you know, they, they want to win, you know, year in and year out, you know, and they, they're well run, you know, they're, they're really a well-oiled machine, you know, so, um, they know what to, what they know what they need and they know what, uh, you know, their fans expect and, uh, they do it really well year in and year out. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, I guess we're going to jump, we're going to keep it on, on the trade train for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's options out there for the Mets right now. And mm-hmm. like as, as you were just saying, they have a very strong floor. Um, they even have, a, if you would say, a logjam at some spaces, whether it be on the major league roster or in the minors. Mm-hmm. Um, David Adler, MLB.com, um, on Friday, he named a few pieces on the Mets: the J.D. Davises, the uh, Ahmed Rosarios, um, Brandon Nimmo, um, as potential pieces in trades for uh, either the Red Sox's Mookie Betts. Cleveland's Francisco Lindor, uh, both who would definitely fill certain holes on this roster. Of course, um, you know, both would be hypothetical rentals, and you would have to work out something long-term to justify giving up such big pieces. But um, what do, do, you, do you see any of these potential additions as one realistic? And are you willing to take that risk on giving up on a guy like Rosario or Davis or Nimmo um, to acquire a Betts or a Lindor who might not be here more than a season? You know, I think that, um, you know, there's one thing that, you know, Brody, Brody Van Wagenen has done in his year plus as a, as a general manager. It's he's not been afraid to trade prospects, you know, and, you know, whether that's for, you know, for the better or for worse, you know, we can leave that discussion for another day. But, you know, I would not be surprised if he did try and make a play for those guys, especially, you know, if he's, you know, if he's not going to be active on the, on the free agent market as much, you know, if he's going to, if he's going to be, uh, strapped, um, you know, in the, in the money department, you know, um, the trade, the trade route might be the way to go. You know, I think that, you know, obviously a guy like Francisco Lindor or a Mookie Betts, you know, they're going to really improve your team in certain aspects. You know, I think that, you know, I'd really be, you know, sad to see Ahmed Rosario go, especially since we've really see, seen him come into his own a bit um, over the last year, you know, and uh, I think that I'd really like to see that continue. And I think he's going to be a really good shortstop one day, um, you know, if he's not already. Uh but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, uh, you know, if he was dangled to Cleveland along with some other pieces for a trade to get Francisco Lindor. Um, I think that a guy like Brandon Nimmo, uh, 
again, would be a pretty big loss. I think that, you know, people don't necessarily realize or they forget, you know, how good he really was just a year ago. You know, I mean, 2018 was not exactly the best year for the Mets. You know, I think that anybody who watched them that summer can attest to that. It was a brutal year. You know, but the guy like Brandon Nimmo, you know, former first-round first, uh, first round pick, you know, he really came into his own in 2018. He was one of our best uh offensive players, you know, and I think that uh, he had a bit of a down year this past year, but he was hurt. You know, he was he suffered uh, the effects of that bulging disc in his neck and, and whiplash, and he was playing through that, you know, so obviously his numbers suffered, but when he came back at the end of the year, he was himself again, you know, so I think, I think a guy like Brandon Nemo losing him would be a big thing, but, uh, you know, who knows? I think that at this point, you know, the Mets really just need to bite the bullet and spend this winter. You know, I think that they have this good young core, like I've said, you know, and they don't have, you know, the prospects anymore. You know, you've traded over the past calendar year, Jared Kelnick, Justin Dunn, uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, Anthony Kay, Luis Santana. You know, you've drained a lot of those assets, you know, and sure, you have guys in the system now like Brett Beatty and Matthew Allen, you know, and Josh Wolf, uh, Andres Jimenez. But, you know, you need to you need to kind of replenish that farm system, you know. Um, so while getting a guy like Lindor or Betts would be great, I think it's going to cost a lot for the Mets, you know. And uh, I think that a lot of their improvements really can be made by uh, by being active on the, the free agent front this winter. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I think I know you talk about the lack of prospects and I guess the new breed of prospects coming in are, are very encouraging. Mm-hmm. But you have a guy like, I guess, the logjam at shortstop where you have mm-hmm. Rizzo and, and Jimenez um, pretty much holding places uh, or waiting in line, I should say, for, for Rosario, who's, you know, he's still young. He's tw- he's turning 24 this week. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's by all accounts going to be here for a while. Yes. Um, you see the Mets dipping into that reservoir of shortstops, who both the, both Mauricio and Jimenez are both in the top 100 still. Um, yeah. And Mauricio had a terrific year. Jimenez was hindered by a hit-by-pitch in June, uh, finished off the AAA season. His last three weeks had like a 935 OPS, and then mm-hmm. went into the Arizona Fall League and just torched. He was, he was on fire. Um, you know, do the Mets sell high on these guys? Uh do the logjam and kind of hope to acquire maybe a bullpen arm or maybe uh, you know I, I would say a bench piece, but I really like JD Davis as a developing utility guy. If he can improve yeah. his play in the corners and third base and maybe a little bit of first base, because I, I, I'm a huge Dom Smith fan. Dom Smith fan, but I just I don't see him sticking around this offseason. I think that. He built his value last season. It's tough to say, but I, I think we might see Tom Smith in another uniform next season. But we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see how that pans out. Um, yeah. You know, Brody has options. And I, I said it in a piece for Metsmerized over the weekend. Options are a great, great thing. But uh, it's going to be up to them playing their cards right, which is a crapshoot. And they have yeah. a, a track record of screwing these things up. <laughs> so hopefully it's true. Uh, hopefully they can, you know, turn things around. Uh, yeah. Lots of, you know, lots, of, lots of off-season months left. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to add on to what you said. You know, I think that, uh, I think that you know, a guy like Jimenez, you know, you know, he did have a little bit of a, a down year to begin with this past season, while he, but he was hurt, you know, and, 
he really did have a solid Arizona Fall League this year, and he finished the regular season strong. Um, you know, so I think the Mets could, you know, they could potentially dangle him in a trade. He's a little bit of, of an anomaly to me. You know, I, I think that, you know, his his uh, his value has slipped a little bit over the last couple of seasons. You know, it's not as high as it once was. You know, I wouldn't really consider him the Mets' top prospect anymore. Like, you know, I think he was for a little while. You know, and a guy like Mauricio, too, you know, I think he has a really high ceiling, um, you know, and, uh, they, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past Brody. You know, I think that, you know, he I think he told Tim Healy of Newsday over the weekend that, you know, he would prefer not to dip into his prospects this winter. But I think that, you know, his track record shows otherwise. You know, I think that he's also a guy that isn't necessarily very open about what his plans are, you know, I mean, he says things, but, you know, we, we saw it last winter, you know, I mean, he, when, when they signed Justin Wilson, when they signed Jed Lowry, when they signed, you know, uh, Familia, like those deals kind of all came out of nowhere, you know, like we didn't really hear any inklings about them before they happened, you know, so I think he's a guy that, you know, he, he's charismatic, you know, in a way where, you know, he's able to like let, let off these little red herrings and stuff, you know? And, um, so you never know. I mean, a guy like Mauricio, you know, could be traded. A guy like Jimenez could be packaged in a trade. JD Davis had a really good year. Like you said, you know, could be, you know, available to a team for a, a reliever. You know, I think that, you know, I'd love to see JD Davis stick around and, and Dom Smith even more so, you know, um, or not even more so, but, you know, uh, both those guys together, I think are really, you know, core guys, um, in regards to, you know, clubhouse stuff. And I think that, you know, they're also young too, you know, so parting with them would be hard, but, you know, in regards to the rest of the team on the major league level, I think that they are probably the more expendable ones, especially when, when you think of team control. So it'll be an interesting off season regardless. You know, I think that there's a lot of pressure on the Mets to, to um to really make the playoffs next year so i think that they're going to be exploring a lot of options and uh, what those options are i don't think we know yet but i think it's going to be an interesting one. Oh, i think so and um i guess oh, off off the hot stove and more along the lines of uh through mlb guidelines uh lenses uh, the Mets have already found themselves, well, maybe not themselves, but their newly appointed manager, Carlos Beltran, in a bit of a firestorm. Um, I'm sure we've all heard about the athletics report of Houston using um, advanced technology to steal mm-hmm. signs during the 2017 season. And so far, that's all that's been confirmed. Um, news is coming out in dribs and drabs. Naturally, uh Beltran, Alex Cora, who was the bench coach that year and now the manager of the Boston Red Sox, uh, manager A.J. Hinch, they've all been implicated as, as key members or key key role players in the whole scheme. Um, I guess just on Saturday night, new information was released regarding the front office being involved and kind of commissioning um, the, the technology or the, the, the scheme to be uh, put into work. Um, you have to wonder, one, how widespread is this? Are we concerned about Beltran's involvement would be my mm-hmm. next question. That's, that's what I'm asking myself, which mm-hmm. personally, I'm not. If anything, nah. he, he's been, you know, he's a savvy ball player. He's always been known as a savvy ball player. Um, that has 
been given or lent, lent even more credence over the last few weeks and months as his resume for a manager has been kind of publicized. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's kind of a student of the game and he picks up on these things. Um, you know, and I guess lastly, I put myself in the position of these players. And of course, I'm not a major league baseball player, but I've played baseball. I played baseball mm-hmm. in, into my teenage and 20s and years. Um, if given the opportunity to know what was coming, you know, some guys have come out and said, no, that's not really my thing. The Joey Vados and the Albert Pujols has said, yeah, it doesn't help us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if given this information, would you just turn a blind eye? Um, again, these are all questions that are going to be answered and just multiple ways of looking at it. But back to Beltran, um, are, are we really concerned about this from a Mets standpoint? No, I, I don't think so, you know, and I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, when all said and done, when all said and done, you know, MLB is not going to revoke the Astros World Series title. It's That's not going to happen, you know. It, it's not going to be, you know, the guy, there's not going to be guys that are banned from the league, you know. Really what's going to happen is, you know, they're going to get slapped with a fine, you know, if this executive played a key role in it and he's, you know, he's still employed by the team, he might get the can. Um, you know, they might lose some draft picks, you know, but I really think that's going to be the extent of it. You know, I don't think that it's necessarily something that's, that's good for the game. I don't think it makes you feel good, you know, like especially watching that Astros team in 2017, you know, with a bright young core of players, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I was rooting for them that year, you know, so it's a little bit of a bummer. I think, you know, just, just knowing that, you know, they were, they were stealing signs, but, you know, you know, and and honestly, you know, for, for whatever it is, you know, I think that guys, you know, throughout baseball forever have been trying to get an advantage. And I'm not really, I'm not trying to justify stealing signs. I'm really not. But, you know, I I just, for me, it's like, it, it stinks, you know, and it's really disheartening to hear, but, you know, I'm not really surprised, you know, to hear something like this come out. You know, I think that, you know, it's something that's more commonplace than we think, you know. Exactly. But I, I think you it's, know, such easy, yeah. it's such an easy loophole to exploit mm-hmm. with the technology that's available, with the history of sign stealing through mm-hmm. legal means. Um, yeah. It was kind of just something that was waiting to happen. Totally. You know, and... and as for Beltron, you know, I don't think it's going to be, you know, that big of a thing. I think that you're going to have some fans, you know, probably the same fans who, you know, talk about Beltron striking out in 2006 of the NLCS um, that are going to, you know, be a little bit salty about it. But, you know, for me, even now, it doesn't even seem like it's that big of a deal. You know, like, like I don't think that Beltron is really going to be, you know, penalized that harshly. He's, you know, he's... He's with the Mets now, you know, Alex Cora is with the Red Sox, you know, like I really don't think think that it's going to be, you know, that crazy. I think like what I said, I think the Astros are going to get penalized, you know, with, you know, fines and, and draft pick compensations and maybe some some firings. And, and I think that's going to maybe be it. And maybe there will be some sort of, um, you know, MLB might have to, you know, institute some sort of uh, – some sort of new rule or something. I, I don't really know. You know, I don't really know exactly. You know, obviously, you know, the Astros were, were stealing signs, so that's a no-no to begin with. But, um, you know, MLB might have some sort of, like, thing where you're not allowed to have cameras, you know, that are owned by teams, like, be in certain areas. I don't know. 
Um, I think they but, actually. I think they already actually have that rule where they can't okay. have any cameras in the park that are focused directly on the catcher. But of course, I mean, there's ways around this with the technology mm-hmm. now, and I, I'm just waiting for reports of more teams using this technology to, to come I'm out. Sure. I really I'm sure. I'm sure the Astros are just the tip of the iceberg here. Um, yes, I agree. I, of you course, know. they're the first ones to come out, so the focus point, uh, they're going to be the focal point. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is going to really snowball into a much bigger thing. I, mm-hmm. You know, and short of Major League Baseball going out and, you know, sticking undercover, <laughs> you know, agents in the, in the center field stands, um, watching fans with potential, you know, recording devices pointed at home plate, um, mm-hmm. it, I think it's going to be very tough to to do this. I think, um, in a way, it falls on the teams that they're going to have to devise a new way to relay their signs. Yes. Whether it's, you know, just being more intricate with them, whether it's maybe MLB implementing. I saw a terrific follower for anyone who's just following other MLB MLB teams at Padres Farm. He's a friend. He's a great, great follower if you're a Padres fan, but that's neither here nor there. He brought up wearable technology as a potential option. Um, now, of course, a catcher couldn't talk to the pitcher through earpiece and microphone because the hitter would hear it. But mm-hmm. you have to wonder whether some, um, uh, like he said, wearable technology, whether you have buttons on a, on a wristband, like, uh, in, you know, <laughs> these are just, of course, ideas, but um, you have to wonder what's next because they're yeah. going to have to combat this. And as far as eliminating the use of cameras in center fields, uh, um, mm-hmm. even from fans, I think that would be nearly impossible. I mean, of course, someone using professional video equipment is going to stick out like a sore thumb. Of course, yeah. Um, you never know. And whether it's mm-hmm. a little hole in the scoreboard, someone might ne- never find that. And, you know, they can scan for video equipment if they want, but really, what are you going to pick up? Um, yeah, of course. They, they, they're going to have to think outside the box here because... Um, it, it does. It doesn't. Let's not say it changed the game, but you could see how this could become a real problem. Um, mm-hmm. And doing it across the board, or at least you know, saying okay, you can do this. That's just going to open up a new can of worms, and it's just going to totally. It, it, the MLB is at a crossroads. They're going to have their hands full with this one. I'm curious to see how it pans out. Yeah, it's a big thing, you know, because obviously you're not going to. Excuse me. You're not going to want to. You're never gonna. They're never gonna justify it. They're never gonna like let it be completely legal or anything like that. You know, um, you know. So, I'm, you know, as for Beltron, I, what do you think about it? You know, I don't. I don't really. You know, I don't really know exactly. For me, I don't think that it's gonna be. I don't think in in regards to Beltron specifically, it's gonna end up being that big of a deal. But what are your thoughts on that? I guess as far as Beltron, um, you know, if it's true. I, I, I have a tough time faulting any of these players for taking information that was available to them. Um, I look to the folks upstairs who gave the green light to let this go on. Because, um, again, who are we to judge a player when millions and millions of dollars are at stake to not take information? It's kind of the totally. same dilemma that we looked at back in the 90s with steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys had the opportunity to make a whole lot of money by getting better or hitting more home runs, whatever you look at it. Mm-hmm. Who, who are we to judge them for, for quote-unquote caving in to the pressure? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think that this signifies uh, a, a real um, error of judgment on the Astros organization as a whole. Now that we know that the front office knew about this and this wasn't just a clubhouse thing, um, that changes the landscape for me. It doesn't. Yeah. It certainly doesn't justify the coaching staff and the players in the clubhouse going along with it. But mm-hmm. at that point, in the heat of the moment, looking for a World Series title for an organization that was just in dire straits for so long. So I mean, long. From, from the Jeff Bagwells up until that point, they really weren't a competitive team for any consistent point in time. No, they lost 100 games, what was it, three years? Three years yeah. in a row or something like that? They were yeah. they were really, really bad, you know? And, and, and still, and you can't take away the... The, the fact that they put together a terrific team of outstanding well, players. But, you know, they, they the could have just man. let them go and let them play and let them win because mm-hmm. that team is good enough that they could have won. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, knowing that the front office was involved, it changes my whole landscape. It changes my whole thought process on this. Um, mm-hmm. Beltran, sure, if he's guilty of, of taking information, hey, whatever, own up to it, and that's that. But I doubt that we're going to see any anybody besides Mike Pryors, who I'm still kind of blown away that he would come out and throw fellow ball players under the bus like that. While he's still active. While, while he's still an active pitcher, While he's still you know? active, yeah. Like, um, you know? I get it. I get it. He, he's all about the good of the game, and you have to kind of respect that aspect of it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to be under a lot of fire. And yeah. I think that Ashley's mm-hmm. players who maybe pitchers who face these guys in 2017. Um, John Boy, who's done, he's been doing God's freaking work over the last week with all the videos and stuff coming out. Um, you know, some of these guys that, holy shit, they got me too. Um, you're going to have to wonder how some of these pitchers are going to react when they face these hitters for the first time. Um, yeah. That, and that's another can of worms that I'm not going to say here, but... <laughs> um, it's, it's true, man. It's, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting year, twenty twenty. You know, it's going to be a really interesting season. I think. Did you catch any of um, Kristen Yellick and um, uh, uh, what's his name, pitcher from the Cubs? Yeah, you Darvish. Their little back and forth. Yeah, I did. I you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was you know, you Darvish. He's a really funny guy on Twitter. You know, like he, you know, English isn't his first language too. So it's just like you know. Um, I just like love like you know I love that he tries you know and and I, I his Twitter account really is very wholesome. Um, oh, but the but know, the, comed- the comedic timing is most certainly there. He gets it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. And then the thing with Christian Yelich too, I was like, damn, I was like, Christian Yelich really took no prisoners on uh on on that. You know, he was he was someone posted a video right of like. Christian Yelich looking what looks like he's looking in the outfield, and then he, you know, uh, Darvish steps off or something like that, you know, off the rubber. And, um, you know, Darvish was saying what? He was saying, like, um, like uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I saw his eyes move or something like that, which is why I stepped off. And then, and then Yelich was just like, you know, relax, dude. Like, nobody needs any help facing you. You know, it's like right. and, and he's crazy. Got- He's got these sick career numbers against Darvish. He's like, dude, trust me, I don't need any extra help versus you. But it makes you yeah. funny, man. Like, if you look at Yellick splits, um, his home and away splits, um, there's certainly, I don't want to say a cause for concern, but there's evident, um, <laughs> he's evidently better at home, and he has been. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee. 
you have to mm-hmm. wonder if maybe that's the next city that comes out in this. And again, I'm not pointing fingers, but now these are the questions we kind of have to ask. It's true. You know, I think that, you know, I think that um, a big thing, I think, you know, especially teams that are successful, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be delving deep into guys' numbers and splits, you know, and um, watching video, you know, and, you know, I think, you know, teams that will probably be, you know, they're going to, you know, I'm not accusing them of cheating. I'm just saying I think that, you know, your teams like the Dodgers, the Cubs, you know, the Giants, even perhaps earlier this decade, you know, those teams might get a closer look now. You know, they might, guys might be, uh, be looking for stuff for those teams too. You know, you just never know. It's, you know, this, this thing with the Astros, you know, it's, uh, like you said, I think perfectly. I think it really is the tip of the iceberg, you know, so, um, it's going to be really interesting in the next several months, maybe even year, couple of years, you know, with, you know, information coming out. So, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, this could really be like a, a crucial thing you know, in regards to the MLB, you know, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what's, what's going to happen. Oh, definitely. And I think, I think everyone's kind of radar is going to be um, turned up over the next mm-hmm. um, couple of seasons. I, yeah. think it, it, I, I really just, like you said, I don't foresee this um, leading the news cycle anytime soon. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be more and more stuff coming More out. and more stuff, you know, yeah. and John, John Heyman and, uh, or sorry, not John Heyman, uh, Ken Rosenthal and uh, Evan Jarelic, you know, they've really, really, I was just thinking about it last night. I was, I was, I was driving home and I was just thinking about, thinking about this. And I was just like, you know, those two guys are really, they really, really hit the jackpot from a journalistic standpoint for this topic, because it's like, there's so much, so much stuff that they're, that they can uncover still. Like, it's like this, this is just going to be like a topic that's going to be, there's so much more layers. There's so many more directions that it can go to. It's like, they really have this topic and like they, they, they've honed in on it. And it's like, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be really, really crazy. You know, the amount of stuff that I think that they're still going to, still going to find out, you know? So now, it's, um, he, he, it's insane. I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. But here's a wrinkle. Mike Fires. Do you mm-hmm. think maybe um, fellow MLBers are going to be encouraged by him standing up and coming out and saying this? And naturally, he's a pitcher and he's protecting his brethren. But mm-hmm. do you think we're going to start seeing more players, either publicly or anonymously, kind of come out and support this? Because you know, there's so much, so much turnover between players mm-hmm. moving between teams and such, and whether bad blood is there or you know love is lost when they do leave their their former team. Um, sure, you have to wonder whether Mike Fires is going to act as if uh, almost like a catalyst. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's hard to say, you know, because I think that there's some guys that are going to be under the um, you know, under the mindset that they don't want to throw anybody under the bus, you know, and they, they're going to, they're going to, you know, stand up for, you know, players as a whole, but, you know, you might have pitchers, you know, like you said, you know, like Mike Fires, you know, who, you know, maybe have been the victim of sign stealing or they feel like they've been the victim of sign stealing, you know, that, that might, you know, stand in solidarity with him, you know? So, um, that's another thing. You're right. That's, that is, really another wrinkle because that's a whole other thing too you know that's like a whole other story you know that's like 
You know, it's a, it's a very big thing, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, as of right now, I think Fires is really the only guy. But, you know, it's still such a – it's still like in its infant stage, you know, this this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's very possible. And I, but I think I think there will be both both uh, sides. I think some guys will will not say anything. You know, they will choose to be quiet about it. But there might be other guys that – you know, they, they noticed fires did it, you know, and they might choose to speak up as well. Yeah, you have to wonder, man. This is, I, I guess, as we've alluded to a couple of times, this might really just spider them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's very possible. Very possible. Oh, I, I, I'm going to keep this one at the top of my, uh, at the top of my note, my, my simply amazing notebook here, because I think we're yeah. going to talk about a lot more Ab- the season. Absolutely, before. man. It's it's an evergreen topic, I think, you know? Oh, yeah. All right. You know? I'm going to have to going to have to coin that. This is our episode. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Rob, I think um, I think we've touched on all our stuff for today. Do you have anything yeah. on Metsplice coming out or, you know, anything you want to plug these days? Uh, yeah, you know, I think I have – I think that I'm, you know, just, you know, just, uh, you know, from going to, going to journalism school and, you know, um, you know, now, you know, blogging, you know, a lot. You know, I think that I'm always, you know, trying to think of um, – you know, of story ideas, you know, my mind is always kind of running like that, you know, so, um, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting op-eds, you know, uh, columns this, uh, this winter that I'm looking to pump out, you know, I think especially with where the Mets are in regards to, are they going to spend, are they not going to spend, you know, they're going to make trades, are there players that we could see improve, um, or regress, you know, I think that I'll have some, uh, some good stuff coming up. You know, one that I'm working on right now is, you know, Zach Wheeler's obviously been a big topic of discussion for the Mets and rightfully so. Um, you know, there are some, you know, there are some people out there that don't necessarily see the value of Zach Wheeler. Um, but he really is going to be a big loss, you know, if they, uh, if they don't resign him. So finding a fifth starter is going to be hard. A guy that I've been looking into a lot, um, is Alex Wood. He's a free agent this winter. Um, and, uh, he had a, he had a rough year last year. He was injured. He only pitched in seven games. Um, his numbers weren't really great cause he wasn't healthy, but you know, he's a guy that at one point, you know, was a really integral part to the Los Angeles Dodgers rotation. Um, and, uh, you know, if the Mets, uh, are not going to resign Wheeler, I think a guy like Alex Wood would be a maybe cost effective option, um, that you really could see some good results from, you know, and, uh, you know, he might not put up 4.4, you know, FWAR, but he's a guy that, you know, he could do put up maybe three, you know, if he's healthy and, and he's pitching well. So um, Alex Wood is a guy that I've uh, I've been kind of studying a lot recently, so I'll have some stuff on him coming up soon. Yeah, me and um, uh, Jack Hendon from MMO was on the show last week. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we spent a little bit of time talking about Alex Woods, and uh, Alex Wood, I was making the same points. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is a guy with a 3.5 ERA over his, over his career. Um, yeah, dealt with some injury stuff, but I really think that uh, he could be a low risk, um, high ceiling type of addition. I- I'm looking forward to that. Rob, where can everybody mm-hmm. find you on Twitter or social media? Sure, guys. Yeah, if you want to give me a follow on social media, if you want to just chew the fat, you know, talk a little bit, uh, you can find me at at r t peers p i e r s. Uh, you know, and if you ever want to talk, I'm always down to talk about baseball and. Uh, you know, definitely uh, give us a follow at Metsmerize too. Check this out. Hell yeah! Um, and Rob, I gotta ask, just because I think I've heard whispers of this. Jimmy Pearsall, former Met, 
are you you're related to that man? I am. I am related yeah. to Jimmy Pearsall. I am. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my, awesome. That's my claim to baseball fame. Uh, I'll give you a quick anecdote before uh, before you, you let me go. But I had to uh, ask. Bro, I had to ask. Yeah. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, totally. I love it. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where you know Jimmy Pearsall was uh, you know met in the '60s, so a lot of a lot of uh, the new generation doesn't necessarily know him. But you know, he has a movie about him and everything. You know, he was a he was a wacky kind of guy, but. You know, growing up, you know, when I was first getting into baseball, you know, my dad always used to tell me about, you know, how we were related to Jimmy Pearsall. You know, we used to go to baseball card shows, you know, whenever we'd see Jimmy Pearsall cards or signed pictures that, you know, I'd pick them up. I have a ton of Jimmy Pearsall like memorabilia. Um, he was actually adopted. Um, and he's not directly like in my, like, like, um, my like immediate family. Um, but, uh, you know, down the line somewhere, you know, he's he's a distant relative of mine for sure. The spelling of my name is not very common, you know, and, and looking at his physical features, you know, he has a lot of similarities to me and my dad, whether it be the ears, the nose, you know. So we actually, about 10 or 12 years ago, we went to a baseball card show at Hofstra University because Jimmy Pearsall was going to be signing autographs there. So yeah. we, we were waiting in line to meet Jimmy Pearsall and – uh we get up to the, we get up to the, to the table and my dad had one of my little league baseball cards and he goes, Hey Jimmy, he slides him the baseball card and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, you think we're related? And Jimmy Pearsall looks at the card, sees, you know, my last name is Pearsall and he, he just laughed and he goes, you know, he goes, it's a pretty uncommon last name. He goes, so, uh, you know, he's like, I think, I think we're probably related, you know, so it was cool. You know, unfortunately, Jimmy Pearsall passed away a couple of years ago now, but it was really great that me and my dad got to actually officially meet him, you know, back then. I still have a, the picture um, that my dad took of me and him together. So really cool thing, you know, and, and you know, I, I like to think it's my my baseball claim to fame and it's why I have baseball in my blood, you know. So, um, you know, Jimmy Pearsall is a really interesting guy, you know, especially when he ran the bases backwards on his uh, 100th home run. You know, he was, uh, he was a quirky one, you know. <laughs> I, I, I saw a great quote this week by a, a friend of Mets Merized, at Mets Rewind. Folks, mm-hmm. you know, follow, him, follow them on Twitter. They're fantastic. Yes, they are. Casey Stangle put out a quote uh, years ago, of course, um, during the 60s. He said, uh, uh, regarding Jimmy Pearsall, he said, there's only room, for two, only room for one clown on this team. It's true. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Pearsall, you know, he used to hide behind the, you know, the statues in Monument Park at Yankee Stadium. You know, he tried to, <laughs> he tried to fight, you know, uh, the Yankees manager at Yankee Stadium. The guy was, you know, he would like climb the fence and like, you know, spring training and stuff. He was, he was really wild, you know, so. I can only imagine what it was like for a guy like Casey Stangle to have to deal with him, you know. Boy, if you guys are if, if you guys are related, remind me not to go out hanging out with you late at night. Oh yeah, man, it's uh, I turn into a werewolf. <laughs> excellent stuff, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I think this was fun. We're definitely going to have you on again. Uh, yeah, man. The offseason goes on, and once the new season picks up, anytime, uh, man. Hey, you know where to find us, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, if you enjoy the show, of course, please subscribe. Uh, be so kind as to leave a five-star review. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll be back on Friday with another episode. Uh, awesome. Let's go Mets. We'll talk to you guys soon. But LFGM, baby. Yeah.